48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. An expert advisor on COVID-19 says residents of a shot in a state which has a COVID-19 cluster should not have left a, one of the blocks affected. Lawmakers express concern about future overcrowding on the West Rail Line and legislators from eight countries and the EU have formed an international alliance to counter what they see as a threat from China. Government expert advisor on COVID-19, David Hoy, says the authorities should have told residents at a Shartin estate to stay where they were after a 10-person cluster was linked with a housing block there. Earlier this week, residents at Lekune Estate were seen packing their bags and leaving before officials evacuated about 100 of them yesterday when another person came down with the coronavirus, Damon Pang reports. Seven of the ten patients live in Lekune Estate. Two others, who are colleagues of the first patient, have the virus along with an ambulance worker. David Hoi, who is from the Chinese University, says he agrees that residents shouldn't have left the estate and they might spread the virus. Speaking on an RTHK program, the professor said he doesn't think it was the block's sewage pipes that were responsible for the infections. He noted that lower floor patients, instead of those on higher floors, were found to have been infected first. A Shatin district councillor in Lake Yun, Jimmy Sham, said many parents whose children go to schools in the area were hoping that the school suspension would continue. He said they were worried about a community outbreak. He also told RTHK that residents in Lake Yun were worried about staying at home as they didn't think sufficient measures have been put in place to ensure their safety. Legislators have expressed concern about overcrowding on the West Rail Line once a proposed 2.4-kilometre extension to Two Moon South is opened. Rail authorities have suggested moving the current terminus into Moon Town Centre towards Two Moon Pier and adding a stop at the town's swimming pool. The pool will have to be relocated. Officials estimate the two new stations can serve around 110,000 residents. Construction of the $11.4 billion project is expected to start in 2023 and finish in 2030. At a Legco Railway subcommittee meeting, Holden Chow from the DAB party was concerned trains may be too full when the two new stations open. When there is the new Twin Moon extension line launch, their system should be upgraded to make sure that they could meet with the capacity. They should make sure that people could get on the train. Otherwise, right now we've seen that people fail to get on the train. If there are more people getting on the train from Twin Moon, and how could the people living in Yunlong or Tin Shui Wai get on the train? Speaking to an interpreter, the highway's director, Jimmy Chan, said train capacity and frequency will both increase after the opening of the Toon Ma Line, which connects the West Rail and Ma on Sun Lines. He said trains per hour could be increased from 21 to 24. We would want the signaling system to be enhanced and we would do so so that the frequency of trains can be increased. As we commence the usage of TMS extension, we will increase frequency as well as the trains by 2030. The capacity for the railway should be able to satisfy the demand. Lawmakers have demanded the government and the MTR Corporation take responsibility for the shoddy construction at Hong Kong Station. A Commission of Inquiry, or COI, earlier criticised both the MTR and the government for their handling of the project. 
At a LegCo Railways subcommittee meeting, roundtable lawmaker Michael Teen said the government should recoup the $700 million management fee paid to the rail firm. The Civic Party's Tanya Chan asked whether the government would sue the MTR after the inquiry found the strength of steel-supporting bars were almost 70% weaker than contractually required. Speaking through an interpreter, the Transport Minister Frank Chan said officials would follow up on the COI report and study whether the MTR was at fault. Our attitude has been clear all along. We'll follow up on this COI recommendation and in the course of investigation, if there are any loss caused by the MTR mistake, we will seek recourse from this. On the reduction in loading, what the report also stated that after the civil measures are in place, the overall structure is safe and fit for its purpose. Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting demanded Mr Chan resign over the scandal as he also sits on the MTR's board. But the secretary said the board had been kept in the dark about the problems. Two pro-Beijing groups have protested outside the U.S. consulate this morning to condemn what they say is U.S. interference in China's internal affairs through its opposition to the national security law. Eight protesters from New Millenarian accused the U.S. of violating human rights during recent protests in the U.S., against the killing by a police officer of the black American George Floyd. A representative of the U.S. consulate then came out to receive their letter. Shortly afterwards, another eight protesters arrived, saying the U.S. should put more effort into stopping the spread of the coronavirus rather than interfering in affairs here. They also claimed the U.S. had double standards in the way it viewed protests here and those in the U.S. The White House has released a statement on the 31st anniversary of China's Tiananmen Square crackdown yesterday, saying the slaughter of the of unarmed Chinese civilians will not be forgotten. It urged Beijing to give its first accurate accounting of the bloodshed to respect human rights, fulfil its commitments on Hong Kong, and end what it says is the persecution of ethnic and religious minorities. Last night, thousands of people defied a police ban to hold a candlelight vigil in Victoria Park to remember the massacre. The annual event was cancelled due to social distancing regulations brought about by the coronavirus. Lawmakers from eight countries and the European Union have formed an international alliance to counter what they see as a threat from China. One of the group's leaders says business as usual cannot continue with China, while a million Uyghur Muslims are detained and Hong Kong's autonomy is destroyed. The Interparliamentary Alliance on China, or IPEC, is led by representatives of major parties from nine democracies across the globe, including the United States, the UK, Germany, Sweden, Japan and Australia. IPEC said its first priority would be to push forward legislation in all member parliaments aimed at stopping the mass detention of Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang. The group also accused Beijing of rapidly eroding freedoms in Hong Kong and elsewhere, using the COVID-19 pandemic as an excuse. If nothing is done now, members asked, then when? When China has invaded Taiwan? Sweden's former ambassador to Beijing goes on trial in Stockholm today, accused of overstepping her mandate by trying to negotiate the release of dissident publisher Gui Min Hei. Anna Lindstedt is accused of brokering an unauthorised meeting while she was ambassador to get the Swedish-Chinese publisher freed. She's denied the charges. Guimin Hai, who was a Causeway Bay bookseller known for publishing gospel titles about the mainland leadership, was sentenced to 10 years in Ningbo in Friday for illegally providing intelligence abroad. 
group of workers who remove dead bodies on behalf of the government say they are concerned about being exposed to COVID-19 at work. They claim the government isn't providing enough protection and they want a salary that reflects the difficult nature of their work. Violet Wong reports. Mr Ho, a food and environmental health department worker, said he was worried the bodies he takes to mortuaries are COVID-19 patients. He criticised the government for not notifying them whether or not the bodies have been infected. Mr Ho said a full set of personal protective equipment is provided to them, including gloves, eye masks and protective suits. But he said they don't usually put them on because they don't know whether stocks will run out. He explained they are also worried wearing the PPE will make people panic. DAB lawmaker Holden Chow, who's assisting the workers, said the government would tell them if the dead person was an AIDS patient and they should do the same for those who had COVID-19. Another worker, Mr Shum, said their pay does not reflect the difficult nature of their work. He said it's unfair that they get the same wage as street cleaners. Mr Shum said if they got a pay rise, it would help attract more new staff. He said the 70 workers have signed a petition addressed to FEHD in the hope that it will improve their salary and working conditions. Family and friends have been paying their tributes at the memorial service of George Floyd, the African-American man killed at the hands of Minneapolis police last week. They described him as a man who touched many hearts and stood up to discrimination and promised he would get justice. In his eulogy, the civil rights leader, Al Sharpton, demanded that the whole system of justice must be changed and called on people to stand up to white America. What happened to Floyd happens every day in this country, in education, in health services, and in every area of American life. It's time for us to stand up in George's name and say, get your knee off our necks. Vast quantities of unsold French wine are to be used to make hand sanitizer and bioethanol after a collapse in sales and exports due to the coronavirus pandemic. Distillers may collect the wine from tomorrow. Here's BBC's Danny Eberhard. It'll make many proud French winemakers wince, but at least millions of litres of their produce will now be used to help prevent the spread of a virus that's helped bring the industry to its knees. The distilled alcohol will be destined for the pharmaceutical and cosmetic industries, not for making spirits. Producers will be compensated, with more being paid for certified regional wines like Bordeaux or Burgundy. So spare a thought when next sanitising. Detect its nose, perhaps, but whatever you do, don't be tempted to drink. French wine industry had already suffered a major setback last year with a drop in exports to the United States as punitive tariffs kicked in. Mainland online retailer JD.com has filed a secondary listing application in Hong Kong, paving its way for its shares to trade in Hong Kong, possibly on June the 18th. Reports say the company plans to start its fundraising of about three billion US dollars next week. If the plan goes ahead, it would be the third US-listed mainland company to go public in Hong Kong. The filing comes on the same day as online gaming firm NetEase, which was already listed in the United States, told investors it was planning to price its Hong Kong listing at $123 for each share, raising about $20 billion. Trading will begin next Thursday. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,405. That's 39 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $55 billion. 
Currencies, US dollars trading at 109.15 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 77 cents. Sport now, and here's Adam Chung. The NBA is finalizing details of a plan to restart the season on July 31st following a three-month stoppage due to the coronavirus pandemic. On Thursday, the league's Board of Governors agreed to resume the season behind closed doors in Disney World, Florida, with 22 teams. The Players Association are expected to approve the plan when they vote on it today. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich says some teams haven't done enough to deserve a place in the restart. Six of those teams owning horrible losing records of eight games or more makes zero sense to me. If you remove those six, those six teams, you're left with 16 teams to the playoffs. It's a tried and tested format. It really makes better sense. And it's a limited number of teams as well down to 16. But nonetheless, we're going to get, we're going to get play to resume. And the 31st of July looms large now for NBA fans. And the NBA also said that they plan to finish the season by October 12th and then to start the next season on December 1st. That's a very tight uh, period of time. Adam, you'll recall that we mentioned all the way back when play was suspended in the middle of March that the big question is whether or not any resumption of play would possibly or actually impair the start of the 2020-2021 season. I think we're really up against that kind of window, and I don't know that that makes great sense at all, jeopardizing potentially next year. That's Ray Jovanovich speaking on Hong Kong Today. To football now, teams in the English Premier League can make up to five substitutions per match rather than their usual three in the remaining fixtures this season. Clubs yesterday approved the temporary rules aimed at protecting the players. The Premier League is due to restart on the 17th of June. It's understood that another stoppage to the season could stop it from being completed altogether. The clubs have yet to make a decision whether any teams would be relegated in such a scenario. More from the BBC's Laura Scott. Although the issue of curtailment was was raised at today's meeting, the clubs actually decided that they wouldn't address it properly unless that's looking like a, a likely uh, scenario. Uh, they, that's been sort of pushed much further down the line and they hope indeed that they never have to decide on that. In tennis, the 19-time Grand Slam champion Rafael Nadal says he has little desire at the moment to travel to New York to defend his U.S. Open title in August. The world number two believes tournaments should not restart until every player is able to travel freely and safely. Nadal said tennis should set an example by not resuming competition just yet. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top story once again. An expert advisor on COVID-19 says residents of a Chartin estate, which has a COVID-19 cluster, should not have left one of the blocks there. That's the news from RTHK. Girl, I said I never betray you and I never would lie Keep my love flowing
Good afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Friday afternoon. Friday, the fifth of June is today's date, and we sure have a jam-packed show for you. First of all, many thanks to Phil for the morning brew, and we're going to kickstart today's show by talking about support for local artists. And we'll be chatting with Cosmin Constanache, the executive director and curator of Parasite, which is a local contemporary arts center here in Hong Kong. And uh, Cosmin will be chatting a little bit more about how they are uh, supporting local artists uh, during uh, who have been impacted by COVID-19 and various projects uh, that they have going on. And that'll be in about 10 minutes or so. And uh, after the two o'clock news, um, we will go to the Agenda Cafe. And this week, we're talking about people with intellectual disabilities and what kinds of special education and uh, what kinds of special sex education uh, they will need uh, to help them understand dating, relationship and sex. And we'll be chatting uh, to Dr. Diana Kwok, who's an associate professor from the Department of Special Education and Counseling at the Education 